Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. We ask at this time that veterans and active military remain standing and the rest of you may be seated. We'd like to thank you all for your service and we would like to pray a blessing over you today. So, Father, I thank you for the men and women here standing with us and all over Canada for all practical intents and purposes, Lord, and even for their families and for the families of those that have those in the service currently. I thank you, Lord, for the great sacrifice that they have made in their personal lives, Lord, as they've put their lives on the line day in and day out to keep Canada safe. We thank you, Lord, that your protection, that your favor is upon all of our troops. We thank you, Father, that your peace is upon them, that joy is upon their families, Lord, especially in the times that they're apart. And we thank you, Lord, that as we purpose to honor them today, Lord, that they can stand with their heads lifted high, Lord, proud to represent our country, the land of the free and the home of the brave here in Canada, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, that from sea to sea and from coast to coast, that your favor is on this nation and you're speaking, Lord, to men and women everywhere, that you're blessing our military, you're blessing their families, and that you give us hope, Lord, because they are there with us each day. And Father, we thank you. And we ask your special blessing on those men and women who are serving in our community, our firefighters, our police officers, our people who serve in uh, the community to protect and to give care and who are willing to give their life, Lord God, if the necessity calls for it. We ask you to give them special courage and that you fill them with the spirit of bravery to go out and to complete the job that you've given them the special grace to do. We thank you, Lord, that they were obedient to the call to serve and to protect our community. We ask you to bless their families as well. And when they're gone and when they're serving and they're obedient to the call, Lord God, I thank you that you fill the gap, that you are there for them and you give them strength and you give them grace to walk the road before them. So, Father, we thank you for Windsor. We thank you for our community. We thank you for our country. We thank you for all those who you've given the special grace to serve and protect. So we lift them up to you now, Lord God, and we ask you to protect them in their service. Give them wisdom in their service. I thank you, Lord, that you speak to them, that you show them how to help and to serve and to be there for those. I thank you, God, that you preserve their life and your shield and a hedge of protection about them. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Amen. So good morning, WCF. Um, Today is our Child Dedication Sunday. 
And so in keeping with that theme, Pastor RJ and I, we wanted to talk to you today about family. And we're in the thick of it right there with you guys. We have a young family of our own. We have four daughters, and uh, they're going to be joining us today and helping us a little bit with the service. But um, we wanted to really talk to you today about God's design for family and the different roles that we have as mothers and fathers in God's design. And that one is not more important than the other, but they are definitely different. And that they're very, very needed and essential and very important for the healthy growth of our children, socially, emotionally, and spiritually, in all those ways. So, and we also understand that many of you here today are in circumstances that are beyond your control, whether you have you've been widowed or you have been divorced or your grandparents and you're raising your grandchildren, we recognize that everyone is in different circumstances. And we also know that God is bigger than all of that and he makes up for any lack and any gap that's in all of that. And as long as we are vigilant and that we are prayerful and that we're giving that lack to him, that he fills it. Amen. So whatever circumstance you're in, this is not to bring any kind of condemnation. If you're not in the traditional family role, we are just mainly bringing out um, God's original intention in design, a mom and a dad and children forming a family unit. And that as mothers and fathers, we bring a unique contribution to the family dynamic. We bring our strengths as moms and dads, as men and women, and as husbands and wives to the relationship. And we're supposed to cover each other's weaknesses and we're supposed to use our strengths to build walls of protection and safety for our children and for our family. Um, we want to say that also that different is good and that mothers and fathers bring their children different things in many ways because we're male and we're female. The cooperative relationship that a male and female brings to a marriage brings a perfect blend to help our children grow and mature in a good, balanced way. And we wanna share with you a little bit of our ups and downs as family, moms and dads. We're right in the thick of it with you. We hope you laugh a little bit with us today. We wanted it to be a little lighthearted. Um, but it's real, it's genuine, it's from the heart. Not too much has been rehearsed. We asked the kids to collaborate with us on you know, the different things they see in mom and dad and the different reactions they get from mom and dad and who they go to. <laughs> when they want something, mom or dad, you know. So um, we want to highlight some fun times and some of the challenges and that we're connected with you guys in this journey. Amen? There we go. So yesterday, I made a list of at least 15 things that I probably shouldn't do as a father because <clears throat> we were preparing a message on parenting. So of course, you know, there's lots of opportunities. Uh, some of them we passed and most of them I failed. Uh, <laughs> Awesome. But I really want to talk to you today. Um, fathers, I'm going, to, I'm going to try to talk to the fathers a little bit. I think my wife's going to try to talk to some of the mothers a little bit. But fathers, we really have a unique ability from God to bless our children. You know, I think when we look at Genesis chapter 49, and Jacob is prophesying to all of his sons right before he leaves the planet and goes on to the next life, you know, Jacob. And, and 
when you read it, it's kind of interesting because it seems like he curses the first three. <laughs> and then he starts speaking blessing to some of the others. And, and it's, it's an interesting thing because even within that, in, in Genesis 49, if you're reading where he goes through his sons and Reuben, you're not going to be a part of this anymore. And Simeon and Levi, he was a little bit upset with them because they wiped out a whole village in their anger. He didn't forget that. <laughs> And uh, he kind of brought that in, but I find it interesting that Simeon kind of pulled away, but it seems that Levi and the Levites, they, they drew closer to God through that. And as a result of that, the Levites, they became a part of the inheritance of all of the tribes, right? They lived everywhere where the other ones didn't get so much land. But Jesus, when he was baptized, you see God actually spoke blessing over Jesus. This is my son. I'm pleased with him. Look at Matthew chapter 3 around verse 16. Uh, you'll see that. So fathers, we model God's love and his character to our children. Because they're watching us and how we model God's love and how we model his character is often going to create their perception of God. I'll say this. The father wound often creates years of pain for children that is usually without Christ, it's carried over into adulthood. And we run into the father wound all the time in people. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, I'm going to read 18, 19, 20, 21. You can see Deuteronomy 6, 7. There's a couple places it seems to say this over and over and over again. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine and tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Not only are we supposed to learn God's words, I mean, it says, wear them on your forehead. You ever hear me joke about tattoo it on your forehead? That's where I get it from. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Write it on the doorpost of your host, your house, your gates. So long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. So men, as fathers, we really are responsible to train our children in spiritual matters within our home. We're responsible to train the children in how we expect them to act as members of our family, in conduct in responsibility, in their love for the poor. Amen. I'm not going to get into saying something about all of them, but I will say this. My oldest, Isabel, really has a compassion and a love for those that don't have what she has. She really does. She's very sensitive to that, and she really looks out for others to the best of her ability. Yes, there's moments when we look at her as parents and go, wow, that's really selfish, but as a whole, her heart is... As a whole, her heart is, I really love other people. And, and she's even doing a project at school on things like Jesus Alive Ministries or Joint Aid Management. And what do they focus on? Taking care of the poor, digging wells, feeding people, giving them an education, trying to get people to be self-sustainable in, in communities where they don't have a chance for that. So it's our job as fathers really to make sure that the family stays on track spiritually. There's a lot of men that abdicate their role and they let the mother do it or they let the children church workers do it, or they let the school system do it, or they let the internet do it. But really, fathers, it's your role to train your children in spiritual matters. 
It's your responsibility. And, and we, we need to take that quite seriously, actually, because it's very important because Deuteronomy 4 tells me that children need to be taught to fear the Lord. They need to be taught that reverential fear. That's something that is instructed. But I assure you, if you're not modeling it, they will never walk it. What do they say? More caught than taught? <laughs> They're watching you. So we, we have an obligation to God. We, we're going to model it, and then we're going to instruct them. We're going to train them. We're going to teach them. And then we can impart. Fathers are to impart biblical truth and wisdom to their children throughout their life. I don't see where a father stops being a father when the child leaves and starts his own family unit. I think that that's a great opportunity for the child, who's a grown man now, to still continue to glean wisdom from the man who is older, who has the wisdom of God, who's seeking God. It doesn't end once you reach adulthood. For the rest of your life, you should be looking to your father for wisdom and insight and revelation and guidance. Which leads me to balance is the key. See, babe, I remembered. <laughs> Focus on the family. You if I would have reminded you. Yeah, they, they, they had a quote. <laughs> on focus on the family. Fathers tend to encourage children to take chances, push limits, while mothers tend to be protective and more cautious. Each approach is essential for a child's healthy development. When either parenting style is extreme, it can have unhealthy effect on the children, but together the different approaches of a mother and father are balanced to nurture the child, expand his experiences or her experiences, and give them or him confidence. So I have a picture I'd like them to throw up that kind of really demonstrates this. I know I've shown this once before a long time ago, but... <laughs> Isn't this the reality of kind of our it's world? It's quite humorous. Because what the father sees versus what the child sees versus what the mother sees. It was funny because as we were reading that quote, I just stopped and like I started laughing and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so hilarious because if I'm away, like if I have to go away for the day or overnight or for a weekend, I'm like quizzing him, like asking him specific questions. What are you gonna do with the kids? And if you're taking him for a bike ride and if you're going to the park, you better have them do this. And you better not go on the road. You better not go. And don't do that because he is like, oh, don't worry, they're ready for the road. We Let's see bike it. riding like, and, and, and skateboarding, you know, very differently the way we view that. <laughs> put your helmet on, put your gear on. Yes, you can go down the hill. Yes, yes. And. Okay, so we got them skateboards last year for Christmas because the kids were begging us for skateboards. Okay, I put my foot down and said, no, Nadia's not getting a skateboard yet. She's not ready for a skateboard. But the other three got skateboards, Nadia got a scooter. So it was December, like they got their skateboards. In January, like Isabel wanted to go ride her skateboard. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like it's snow, it's ice, like not a good idea. And my husband, Pastor Art, he's like, sure, let her go, you know. And she's, you know, never been on a skateboard before. Sure, go down the hill. Why not? They come back, like, not, what, 10 minutes later? And she has sprained her ankle, is on crutches for two weeks after that. So I'm like, Actually, okay. you were gone. You weren't even home. Yeah. I went to step into the shower, and 
two seconds later, two of them were knocking on the door. Dad, Isabel hurt herself. You better run to the park right now. <laughs> I remember a few years ago, we went whitewater rafting, but to, to start whitewater rafting myself and a few of my daughters, uh, we climbed up like a 15, 18 foot rock and jumped into the ice cold river. <laughs> Uh, my wife opted not to do that. <laughs> she stayed in the canoe. Well, Tafara and I stayed in the cano- canoe, the kayak, you know. The raft, whatever, yeah. But she still ended up in the water. <laughs> we, husbands and wives view those things very differently. Uh, is anyone else in that boat where, you know, sometimes you wonder? Is, I mean, she looks at me and goes, I don't know if I can leave the kids with you in good faith. You're a great father, but you're going to kill my kids. <laughs> asking you very specific questions. Okay, don't do this. In Leviticus chapter 19, it talks about honoring mother and father. And I find it really interesting that it lists the mother first there. And really, when it shows you must show great respect to your mother and father, in the culture of the day, that was really, that was quite a statement because the mother would have never been listed ahead of the father. But I think that even back in Leviticus days, Mother and father are to have equal influence in the lives of their children. They just affect different arenas of their worldview. And they draw different things out of them. And that's why it's a partnership where we have to learn to dialogue and communicate and work together. And we're hoping to demonstrate for you that sometimes we can agree on things, sometimes we have to agree to disagree on things, and sometimes we just have to really have a lot of dialogue. (sighs) Go ahead. So... Being parents today versus being kids today. You know, my daughter, Isabel, right now, she's the one telling me, Mom, you're like, you know, from medieval times. <laughs> like, you were being a kid back then. You know, it's not the same as being a kid right now. And, and I look at her and I say, Isabel, being a parent right now is not the same as it used to be being a parent back then. And I, and I just wanted to say that, you know, children's needs have not changed back then. Then, now, whenever. What they need has not changed. But the weapons of warfare have changed. um, That the enemy is using, and that's changing. And as parents, we need to be very intentional about keeping up with... I have to learn a new language with texting now, and social media, and what all of these initials mean, and what what does that say. That's okay. Hun, I'll take care of that. And all that other stuff. I I got the text and thank God he's, he, he's got all that down. And I have, when I ask him what that means, he's like, oh, yeah, that means this. Don't worry. I got it. You know, and, and knowing what your kids are talking about and what they're texting about and what they're posting and being active and showing them how you navigate through the Internet, how you navigate through these things and just all of the different things that we're dealing with right now. But it's still all children need love and affirmation. They need affection. They need to be receiving all of, the, all of those things, no matter what era you grew up in. They all need the same things. So I wanted to talk to you about, as mothers, we have a very unique privilege of being the first contact of intimacy and trust and forming those first deep bonds of emotional connection and helping to form the first lessons of shaping our children's lives and their conscience. We're the ones that help establish an emotional foundation in the beginning of their life. We have the incredible power over our family that is not only spoken, but indeed in action. And we're the keeper of the family's heart. And in this book, 
I'm subtitling it, it's called The Profession of Motherhood, but in the book, it's called The Power of Mother Love. And Dr. Brenda Hunter, she has this incredible um, paragraph, a quote that she casts for, of the vision of a mom, a mother. And she says, mother love shapes cultures and individuals. While most mothers know that their love and emotional availability are vital to their children's well-being, many of us do not understand the profound and long-lasting impact we have in developing our young children's brains, teaching them the first lessons of love, shaping their conscience. At a time when society urges women to seek their worth and personal fulfillment in things that take them away from their families and intimate bonds, Hunter invites women to come home to their children, to their best self, to their heart. And when I read that quote, I was moved almost to tears. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so much truth is in that statement. And I just want to, as a mom, as a working mom, a mom with a career, I just want to, from my heart, speak to you moms today about there's a real devaluing of being a mom and being a stay-at-home mom in particular. And it is a profession of motherhood. It is a, a career that has high calling in the eyes of God, the high, one of the highest callings. And that the choice you've made to be at home with your kids, to love on them, to be there for them, fulfills a need in them that is so needed. Um, I work with kids. I work in this special needs department and I, I teach spec ed and I, I get to see a lot. And every day what I see reaffirms to me the choice that I made when I, we first had children and I don't regret it at all that we made sacrifices and we made a way. We lived in a smaller house. We drove only one car. We just, we just made a way because it was important to us that we wanted, I wanted to be home. I wanted to stay at home with my kids. Now, God also understands, and we're all in different circumstances, sometimes it's not, it's not available, and it's not feasibly financially possible. You have to go back to work. God is big in all of that, and he takes care of all of that, and he makes a way for all of that, and his grace is big for your kids. And he's there, and he protects them, and he helps you in all of those things. And Proverbs 31, 25 to 27 says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. We as moms, we are positioned in a very unique place of influence over not just our children's lives, but our entire family. And in that place that God gives us, we need to understand that while society may devalue it and not put a high priority on it, at times as women, we fall into the trap of devaluing other women because of the choice they made to stay home with their kids. And that's wrong. That's not right. Because as moms, we're the ones that are, we don't, we don't get a redo we don't get a redo with our kids. We don't get to have those years back with our kids. And if at all we have the opportunity and we have the choice, sometimes we don't have the choice, but if at all we have the opportunity and the choice to be the, there, to be emotionally connected, to be there, to be present, then we need to take that opportunity and protect 
protect that, that which is God given us. Because at times I think that in our society we can view children as they're an inconvenience and lots of families aren't having many kids anymore because they get in the way of my career and what I want to do and what I want to have and where I want to go. When the word of God says that children are his best gift, his best gift, whether they're your natural children or they're adopted or you're, you're, they've been given to you to entrust and raise them, they're the highest calling that God has given to you. And we have the opportunity to impart into them um, what we've learned and the wisdom that we've gained and that what God has shown us, that is the highest calling because then we're sending them forth and it's not what we receive, it's what we can give out to them. It's the legacy we're pouring out into them and giving to them and we're teaching them and we're loving on them and we're preparing them for the future ahead. Amen? So as, as a mom to, you know, all the moms out there, I just want to encourage you that what you're doing is so valuable. And I know there's days when we fall short and we're weary. And we just don't feel like we're that great of a mom. We've, you know, haven't done the best job. And I look at my kids and I'm like, oh, God, like, your grace has to be big enough. And I look to them and I'm like, you know what? You need Jesus too. I'm not perfect. And you're not going to come out of this unscathed. (laughs) You are going to have issues. And I'm sorry if my issues become your issues, but I'm working on it. And, but that's okay. Because you need Jesus too. And I'm pointing them to Jesus. And when I fall short, I'm humbling myself and going to them and say, please forgive mommy. I made a mistake. And, you know, go on from there and learn from there and keep going. But God is bigger in all of that. And he helps us through. And if we're vigilant and prayerful all the time, asking the Holy Spirit to help us, he will. And he will strengthen us. And he will comfort us. And the days when we feel weary and we're just sitting on the floor crying and just, God, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do, that he's there and he will show you what to do and he will be there for your kids. Amen? We need some help right now as a family because we're not exactly sure what's going to happen in this next sequence, but we're we're going to try this. Come on up here, Mary. This should be fun. There you stand on this side. Okay. Lord, help us all. Okay, Isabel, let's try this. So, Dad, can we have a pet snake? Sure, Isabel, you can have a pet snake. Just make sure your mom's okay with it. Uh, Mom, can we have a pet snake? They're really awesome. No. (laughs) No pet snakes. Dad said yes first. Hey, Dad, can I have a pet chameleon? Sure, Abigail, I used to have those. Just make sure your mom's okay with it. Hey, Mom, can I have a pet chameleon? No. (laughs) Hey, Mom, can I have a dog or a cat? Actually, I would love a dog or a cat. A really small dog, but you know, you're gonna have to check with your dad first about that. Dad, can I have a dog or a cat? Absolutely not. Mom, can I have a chinchilla? 
A chinchilla, how cute. You know what, Nadia, chinchilla might be up for discussion. Let us talk about that some more, but ask your dad. Dad, can I have a chinchilla? A chinchilla? Yeah. Do you even know what a chinchilla is? Yeah, I do, do you? <laughs> I'm not sure what a chinchilla is. <laughs> you know, Nadia, we'll have to have a conversation about that. Let me talk with your mom about it. We'll get back to you, thank you. Dad, can we play on our iPads? Uh, have you fulfilled all your obligations? Yes. Sure, go ahead. Mom, can we play on our iPads? Have you packed your lunch? Yes. Yes. Have you done all your chores? Yes. Yes. Have you put on all your clothes? Yes. Yes. Did you, you do your practiced? homework? <laughs> have you practiced piano? Yes. She only played one note. It counts. <laughs> You need to practice your piano. Dad said yes already. <laughs> See how they try to get in there and divide? Hey, Dad, can we have an after-school snack? No. Why not? Because every time I give you an after-school snack, you don't eat your dinner. That's because you give us whatever you want and whatever we want, and Mom gives us limited options. Oh. <laughs> I give them choices. I say, yes, you can have a snack. You can either have this or this. Pick one. I tell them they can have a snack and they're making nachos and cheese. And <laughs> Mom, can we have ice cream? Can I have ice cream? Sure, that's a reasonable choice. I think you can have ice cream. Yay. Dad, can I have ice cream? Reset. Reset. Dad, can I have ice cream? Uh, how much sugar did you have yet today, Isabel? Only a donut, hot chocolate, a chocolate bar, and Nutella on my toast. That's it. I think you've had enough sugar, no. <laughs> we have a friend Hi, over. Talk to your mom. We have a friend over. <laughs> sure, you can have a friend over. Angel, just not all on the same night. And no sleepovers. They come to you later and say, can we have a sleepover after they've had the play date? Hey, um, Dad, um, I have to get on piano, and like, can you help with my chore? Uh, no, go do your chore, then get on the piano. Um, Mom, I have to get on piano real quick so I can, um, yeah. So anyway, can you help me with my chore? Sure, honey, I'll help you with your chores. You go on piano. Bye. <laughs> They also learn very quickly who to ask when they want something. <laughs> hey, Mom, will you read Lord of the Rings with me? What was that, Isabel? Will you read Lord of the Rings with me? Uh, no. No, I think that's a book better suited for you and your dad. Okay. Dad, will you read Lord of the Rings with me? Uh, sure, Isabel. Go get your book. We'll read. Okay. Hey, Dad, can you read with me even though it's close to my bedtime? Sure, Abigail, and if we stay up a little later, that'll be okay. Yes. Mama, can you read it me even though it's close to my bedtime? How about because it's close to your bedtime, we have a longer cuddle instead? A short chapter, is that okay? <laughs> can you help me with my French, Dad? Uh, don't you have an app for that? Say hi, or your older sisters? Can you help me with my math? Sure, I'll show you how to do your math properly. Mama, can you help me with my social studies? Sure, I can help you with your social studies. Thank you. She doesn't ask me for help with math. <laughs> Mom, I have a bad dream. 
You had a bad dream? Come and cuddle with us. It's okay. Come on over here. No, not there. Why? Because Daddy would have fallen. <laughs> Hello, I saw Nadia come out, so I thought I might join the party. So you want to come cuddle with us too? Yes. Okay, come on and cuddle. I thought I'd also come join the party. Can I cuddle too? I had a really hard time falling asleep. Absolutely. Come and cuddle. Do I have, do I have to go there? <laughs> well, nobody has to cuddle without me. Sorry, Dad. Girls night hit the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Life in our world. They, I think they have a couple more. <laughs> this just never ends. <laughs> Mom, can you do my hair? Honey, I'm really running late. I have to get to work. Maybe you should ask your dad or one of your sisters for help. Not dad. The last time he did Nadia's hair, he did it in a dinky little ponytail and it fell out two times and it was three times. And I spent all my time doing her hair three times. I'll do it. Let's go. <laughs> Go drink some bentonite, Clay. Abigail, and then go sit down. That'll help your stomach feel better. Okay. Well, tummy hurts. Your tummy hurts? How long has your tummy been hurting? Like, um, tonight. What did you eat at school today? Candy. Candy? Well, that would be why your tummy hurts, don't you think? Maybe. Well, we'll come here. Mommy will get you some medicine, and we'll have a nice little cuddle together, okay? Okay. Can we wrestle with Mom? I think you'll have more fun wrestling with Dad. Dad, can we wrestle? Sure, uh, one at a time. No, me and Scott <laughs> are a team, and you're going to beat up me. <laughs> well, maybe if it's just the two of you, but if your sisters join, that's too many arms and feet flying at my head. Yay! <laughs> um, Daddy, I think the was working. I threw up on the floor. Uh, yeah, Abigail, unless you want me to join you, you better go talk to your mom. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Mommy, I threw up on the floor, and I think the glue was working. Honey, let's go get you cleaned up, and we'll have to clean up everything that's on the floor. Can you do that? Yeah, I do that. Okay. <laughs> um, Dad, I think I have cramps. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom made those essential oils dragon time. Did you use that? Yeah, no, that stuff stinks. I may have accidentally on purpose ran out. Just tell me I can have Advil. Just go talk to your mom. Have her make another batch. You no help. <laughs> Dad, can we go shopping? Sure, Tafaro, we can go shopping. Did you say shopping? Nobody's going shopping without me. Yes, I'll take you shopping too, Nadia. And me, you cannot forget about me. Sure, Abigail, we can all go shopping together. Whoa, whoa, no one goes shopping without me. So sure, I'm girls, in. we can all and go shopping. we don't go shopping without Mom. <laughs> Dad's paying, let's go. <laughs> it's a shopping day on Daddy. Uh, no, I don't think Stuffy Land's a good idea tonight. I think it, that takes too long. You need to go to bed. Can you do Stuffy Land? What in the world is... Sure, go do Stuffy Land. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Hey, Dad, can you paint my nails? 
Uh, sure, Abigail, you can go paint your nails. Hey, Mom, can I paint my nails? No, absolutely not. The last time you painted your nails, you got it all over my floor, all over the clothes, all over my furniture. No nail painting at all right now. It's not like I turned the house into your easel. What did she say? Hey, Mom, isn't this outfit like totally cute? I got it at the mall the other day when we get shopping. And these new shoes, they were like on sale for like 40% off at CMS. It was like such a steal. Um, first of all, Isabel, how many times have you changed your clothes? Maybe two. Two? No, I don't think so. I think Excuse that you've me, had on you a different... Excuse me, you at least five. Isabel, we've only been on the stage for 15 second minutes. <laughs> no one saw anything. All right, thank you, girls. <sighs> well, we keep it real. <laughs> Has anyone lived one of those scenarios? <laughs> you could probably make your own, I'm sure. So, one of the things that we have to work on all the time, uh, especially as husbands, we need to model respect for our children to our wives. And, and one of the ways we do that is when we have differences of points of view and difference of opinion, we have to respect that. So there's some things that we've di dialogued about and we've just said, okay, this is the way you like to see things, so I will do my best to work with you to keep that as our household standard. And by enforcing that standard together and reinforcing what my wife has said on those matters, it communicates to the children that I respect her and that I honor her. If I do the opposite, we're going to have division in our home and we're going to have a nightmare. Now, you know, uh, one of the things that we had a long, long, it took us about a year, maybe you're in a bit. Long conversation about. Was um, when we put Isabel in school at the beginning, we put her in the, the normal public school program. And then for a year, we had a conversation about French immersion. The pros and the cons and the good and the bad. Uh, eventually, um, I guess the Spirit of God spoke to me and, and I came over to my wife's point of view on the matter. And we put our children in the French immersion program. And, uh, you know, they do a pretty good job with their French, much better than their dad. That's why I don't help them with their French homework. I speak better Tagalog. However, we, the other thing that I just wanted to state um, as time is rapidly going away, uh, we all have, we can all fall into traps, I guess, that the enemy sets for us. I mean, sometimes you see the good cop, bad cop roles that develop within the relationship, and, and that can be very detrimental for the children when, when that happens. Uh, we know that there's real devils out there that try to twist our words so that when I'm communicating with my wife or she's communicating with me, we don't hear what the heart of the person's trying to say, so we have to work really hard on our communication. And then sometimes we just give in to our children because that's the easy way out, you know? There, there's lots of others that we could do, but at the end of the conversation, I always have to ask myself these, these questions. Number one, did I exemplify the character of Christ to my daughters today? In that exchange, in that conversation, did I actually impart the wisdom from God and live the life that he wants me to live and treat them as I should? And then secondly, am I helping them to realize that the cross is there to help them in their struggle? Was I able to point that out to them in the process? And uh, 
there's a mutual cooperation that happens there, but after every exchange or when I'm talking with them about different things, especially in discipline matters, but also in life matters, we want to make sure that we're not only modeling for them and showing them how God has changed our lives and how he can change their lives also. We need to do both. Amen. So in that, I wanted to just briefly touch on um, the different love languages that our children have. And in Proverbs 22, verse 6 in the Amplified, it says, To train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. So what I often say to my children is fairness does not mean sameness. And I explain to them that you are who you are in the order and the role in this family that you're supposed to be in. God has ordained that. And you are unique and you are a gift. And the, what, the role you play and the gift that you have to give is not supposed to be the same as your sister. So when mommy is talking to you or teaching you and instructing you, I am doing so prayerfully, asking God what I need to pull out of you, the gift that God has given you and what um, he's trying to develop in you. And that when I'm disciplining you, it might look like I'm dealing with you differently or unfairly than I might be dealing with your sister. But in actuality, I'm not because I'm trying to tune in to their love language and what they need. And sometimes it's not the same. What one child needs is not what the other child needs. Their personalities are different and they're unique. And they each have a unique contribution to make to the family that's not the same as the other. They're gifted and they're unique and they're supposed to be that way. And I'm try I try to encourage them not to compare themselves to each other in, well, she does this better than me and she can do this and I can't do that. And that's, that's not what I try to focus on. I try to focus on what they do well and their gifts and how special they are and their uniqueness and their personality and how I deal with each one of them is different and fair in actuality because fairness doesn't mean sameness. It means I'm giving them what they need in their life to be successful according to the call of God on their life so they can walk that out. And as I'm prayerful and intentional as a parent to do that and look to God in all of those things that they're getting what they need and filling up what they need in their love tank to affirm their acceptance, to affirm that they are not rejected, to affirm that they have unconditional love from us no matter what they do and they don't have to earn it. Amen? So if everyone could stand with us at this time. And one of the things that I think is important to understand, we are all God's children. And he is our father in heaven and he created us and breathed us into existence and he has a plan for your life and for my life. And part of his plan was God asked us to accept the sacrifice of Jesus that paid the debt of our sins so that we could receive forgiveness of sins and become a part of the family of God. And that's what we do when we become a Christian. We become a Christ follower. We take on the nature and the character of Christ. We exchange our old life for the new life that God has given us. But after we give our life to Christ, there's an obedience issue that comes up because God says, repent of your sins, turn from your sinful life. Then he wants us to be baptized in water. It's an outward sign to the world of the inward change that happened inside of our heart. It's a testimony of what God has done within us. And in that process, your conscience gets cleansed from the past. So 
At this time, uh, Dr. Eric and Diane are here, and they are going to uh, lead you should you desire to be baptized today. And really, we have a tank full of water in the back, and there's an opportunity for all of you who have given your life to Christ and never submitted in obedience to God's command to be baptized. You have an opportunity today to be baptized. All you have to do is step out of your seat and come down. And that stepping out of your chair really has to do with the public profession of your faith where you say, yes, I want to live my life as a Christian. And you declare to the world publicly that, yes, I'm a Christian now. And then you submit yourself in obedience to God's command to the waters of baptism. So is there anyone here this morning, and, and really that applies to you, you've given your life to Christ, or maybe you haven't even given your life to Christ yet, but you'd like to. Um, I'd like to invite you to just come down here and join us at the front, and they will, they will give you a class in the back. They'll even give you a change of clothes, and there's a tank full of water. They can baptize you today, and you don't have to put it off any longer. That you need to be baptized in water, come on down here. Thank you, sir. Welcome. Welcome. Is there anyone else that needs to be baptized in water today? It's all prepared. We just need you to come down and accept through obedience the call of God to you to be baptized.